Hey everybody, and welcome to In Search of Tracks podcast. This week we're not going to cover an album, but I'm here with Bob. Hi, Bob. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Um, we're going to go loose, huh? Loosey-goosey today. Yeah, we're going loose. We're so loose that I, I didn't even pull up my, my intro. You know, so it's okay. You did it. You did it. Um, this is in search of tracks podcast where we talk about music, go deep on albums, and uh, answer the immortal question: Are there tracks? That is um, what we do. It's what we do. How are you doing today? You feeling good? We didn't really do our too much of the pre-recording like jibber jabber conversation. So yeah, how are you doing today? I'm okay. It's kind of it's kind of a low energy day over here. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to pick it up for the people, but um, I feel it's you, okay. But- you know, it was one of those days where it's it's not bad, but it's not particularly good. It's just like it feels like I'm uh, in the movie Groundhog Day in a way. You know, <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah, um, the Pennsylvania polka easily like one of the catchiest songs to bring this back to music, like. Uh, Groundhog's Day. If you say it immediately in my head, the Pennsylvania polka plays, um, and uh, I think I low key want to celebrate that as like a holiday song. Yeah, like, like obviously Groundhog's Day, right? But I think you can get away with playing Pennsylvania polka around Christmas time. You know, I think you should. I think you should play that song whenever you have the opportunity. <laughs> I, I, I will say that uh, I actually I went to uh, Punxsutawney. It was on my bucket list. Dude. I think I may have mentioned this on an episode. So I've point. been too. So please give me yours. Yeah. So um, it was fun. I'm glad I did it. It was probably 20 below zero. Oh. And we had to, um, I mean, you know, you went like, you uh-huh. have to show up at like 4 a.m. People basically so wait, hang you were out there, there on you were there on Groundhog's Day. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, we'll so, get to my story. But so you were there then. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I went specifically for Groundhog Day. So um, you have to show up around. I mean, I think you can like start. 4 a.m. Yeah. I think you can start showing up at like the night before if you want to. But um, <laughs> we opted we opted to get some sleep. Um, Smart. So got up around 3.34, took the bus up there. Um, because you can't drive up there. It's like this private road. No, to Gobbler's Knob. No, you either yeah. walk or take the bus. Yep. So we got up there and, you know, they had a tent with like a heated tent that you could go into to warm up um, mm-hmm. and like, you know, get your hot cocoa and all that stuff. So we basically just hung out in the heated tent until the groundhog came out. And then it was like time to go because it was so fucking cold that we like, <laughs> it's like, what are, what are we doing? You know, so I had a good time kind of um my wife certainly did not really have a great time <laughs> um, <laughs> but overall worth the trip well okay Tell do you want do you want to hear mine oh man yeah. uh guys just as a, a like what we're doing today we are going to talk music a lot um we are we have some mailbag questions we have some emails we want to get to we want to kind of Take a little. It's nice to decompress and talk about all the episodes we've recorded <clears throat> and, and feedback we've gotten, both in email, both in DMs, both in from friends who are like, "I can't believe this dude said that." So, uh, so we're gonna get to it. But my ground, my Punxsutawney story isn't from Groundhog's Day. <clears throat> I okay. did a cross country country trip with a friend, and both she and I wanted to do to see Punxsutawney. Both. You know, liked the idea of Groundhog's Day, loved the movie, the whole thing. 
Punxsutawney in the middle of July? Off season. Yo. We stayed right in downtown Punxsutawney at a old motel. Like, uh, um, it did not look like either of the motels in the movie because the movie was not actually filmed in Punxsutawney. I believe it was filmed in Christmas, Indiana, maybe something like that. I think you might be right. Yeah. <sighs> I did see Punxsutawney Phil. Do you know where he lives in the off season? He's in like a little museum, isn't he? In the library, the public library, library has an <clears throat> enclosure that's the equivalent of like, like imagine the McDonald's Playland from the 1980s, but <laughs> half the size. And instead of like a weird big plastic thing for you to, or a ball pit, it's just, okay, yeah, imagine the ball pit from the McDonald's Playland in the 80s or in early 90s, uh, but it's just like hay or whatever you put in the bottom of like a ground uh like a hedgehog cage or something (laughs) and that's where punxsutawney phil lives it's the (laughs) least whelming experience i've ever had it was it's one of the most insane things that i ever saw i was like really this is it so we left we got he was adorable though (laughs) (laughs) he was like whatever honestly i've seen better groundhogs we went and had a very mediocre, like, burgers and fries outdoors at some spot. Um, I think she was nascently vegetarian-ish, and I'm pretty sure her food was so bad. She's just like, all right, I'll have some. I'll also have some of that hamburger. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's not much to do in Punxsutawney. Yo, I mean, even like I went you, on the, the hottest. I went on the hottest day of the year, and there was still not much to do. So <clears> I'm <throat> saying that's the only time of year anyone should ever go there. We then at night we're like, all right, like after dinner we'll go walk up to Gobbler's Knob. You know what's not very exciting? Um, in the middle of summer, Gobbler's Knob. Yeah, uh, I have to say, at least it was. It was like a really. It was nice. It was like. It was nice kind of country style walk at night. Like that was, you know, I can say it. I'm probably making it more romantic in my head because I think we were both bothered with how lame Punxsutawney was. Right. That might have been the breaking point for us um, as friends or whatever. Like that was probably it. (laughs) Punxsutawney broke us. Um, It happens. I'm sure it's broken a lot of people actually. (sighs) So don't go to Punxsutawney in July is my big advice. I, I I think there's one day a year you're supposed to go there. My big thing was that my favorite thing to do when I go to a town that I'm unfamiliar with is just find a dive bar because oh, yeah. I feel like I can just I can sit there and kind of meet some people and talk to the bartender and I, I like get a good sense of the place. 100%. Great. I energy. think I think it's a dry town. Oh. Um so there was there was no place to go. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yo literally By the way, it wasn't like I picked <clears throat> this place out from diners, drive-ins and dives. It was like where can we get food? Oh, well, Carl's is open. Right. Like, oh, that like sort of diner, sort of just hamburger place right there. I think yeah. we probably went to the same place. Yo, it was it was not great, man, honestly. So um, if we have any Punxsutawney listeners, I'm sorry. But oh, we also went to, they had the, <laughs> the meteorology museum was in Punxsutawney. Um. It was almost like going to a second grade science fair. Like, 
there was one part where they had a green screen where you could be the you know the meteorologist on the local tv news and that oh, was oh that's cool by far the coolest part of it that's fun um i think yeah. the the highlight for me now that now that i think about it is i got a, a sick t-shirt that has you know it had like the groundhog on the front and then mm-hmm. on the back it's it's almost like tour dates but it's like <laughs> the last the last 50 or whatever groundhog's days and whether or not the groundhog saw a shadow oh that's kind of sick i do like that okay yeah. i'm yeah. with that it was worth the trip just for that so <laughs> so um <laughs> thank you everybody who stuck with us through the punxatani segment of this episode <laughs> um pete let's talk about some of the recent episodes we've done yeah let's do it um so the first thing i want to say is last week's episode um where we had rob bruce talking about mother records um that was a really fun one i uh i'm sorry to everyone i mentioned it at the end of last week's episode but rob got cut off at the very end um so you know and i think he was like in his kind of layer where he has all of his stuff um so it was tough to get reconnected to him but that's right i remember yeah yeah but we will uh have him on for another episode the episode was supposed to be about mother records it really ended up being about kind of jersey shore 70s 80s punk in general um yeah but i think it was a lot of fun so i mean that dude knows his shit so that was that was that was a fun one you know i think it's one of the pieces that i hope I hope people take uh, Rob is actually, you know, he, I think he knows Pete in a good way because you're a little bit more local, but I, I remember meeting <clears throat> Rob, you know, 20 plus years ago. Yeah. And he was cool to me when I was, you know, snot nosed 18 year old who was curious about the worst. Um, but he was cool to us now. And uh, he had stories for days. And some of the things he was talking about, just the idea of. <clears throat> you know, a car full of weirdos from the Jersey shore road tripping down to DC in like 1980 or whatever to go see the bad brains. Yeah. That's pretty sick. It's pretty Uh, sick. uh, You know, uh, uh, some of the other stories had a lot of personal flavor. I'm not going to spoil them here, uh, (laughs) but, but the Ramon stories particularly have stuck with me in that kind of like, wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a thing. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean, if 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 there's any listeners listeners out there, which I'm sure there are, who are not familiar with Mother Records, um, oh. it's okay. It's pretty niche stuff. So, like, you know, we didn't expect everyone to know that, but it's really it's worth a listen. Not only because a lot of the bands I think that Rob talks about are totally worth your time, but yeah, um, it's just kind of an interesting perspective on you know what was going on at that point. Well, and and I really like that, and you know, we can maybe we'll get somebody else to go. We'll go really deep on the music side of the mother record scene, but he gave you kind of some of the personality of that world. I'd say for sure. Yeah. Um, the worst <laughs> records are really great. To me, the best, and I'm pretty sure I said this on the episode, but the best um, record on on mother is the Fatal Rage LP. Um, we have a lot of different listeners. This is pure raging early eighties us hardcore. I yeah. think it's, it's like, it's definitely on the more obscure side, but when you listen to it, this, this record, it, if it wasn't for the limited pressing and the fact that I don't think fatal rage really got out of New York or New Jersey, um, this feels canonical. Like this is 
good, good hardcore. It's fast. It's aggressive. Like it's not a million miles off from like a hybrid of some of the more like fast California stuff meets some of the DC hardcore, you know, um, it's also would feel pretty right at home on, uh, on touch and go, you know, like it's sure. just really good. So what about you? What's your, if you had a go-to on mother, what would it be? Chronic sick 12 inch. Yep. That's Cute. the other one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the one that I go back to like pretty regularly. I've been going back to the worst mm-hmm. more now. Um, and I actually revisited fatal rage as a result of that episode, but, and they're all great, but I really, really, really like that chronic sick 12 inch. I mean, the seven inch is awesome too, but yeah. Um, big shout out to, uh, if anyone is interested in the early eighties punk and hardcore stuff, you probably are already aware, but the label Radio Rahim Records um, does a ton of really incredible reissues, but they actually have an upcoming um, worst reissue, vinyl reissue of their complete discography. And I think it includes a lot of kind of like rare and unheard stuff. So, uh, so that's pretty sick. I'm very um, excited about that. Yeah, for sure. So everybody should check that out for sure. Um but yeah, um, that was a fun episode. I think we might have to get Rob back on as well. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that we talked about when we were when we got tacos last week, uh, yeah. got Mexican food, it's good. Um, was that we've done almost thirty episodes now? We have. That's crazy. It goes quick. <laughs> it sure does. So. Um, we were motivated by COVID, I guess yeah. you'd say. COVID motivated. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Um, I think it's pretty cool. We thank everybody who's been with us from the start. Um, for those of you who maybe joined on, because we, we actually did notice this, uh, there was a good amount of people who joined on when we started the In Search of Tracks um, edition of this. We did a large number of episodes under our original name, the uh, It Came From New Jersey podcast. And... From that, like, I hope I hope people check out all those episodes. They were really fun to do, but there's a few that stick out to me. Are there any that stick out to you uh, more than others? So I really like when we have guests on, um, which mm-hmm. you know I love doing episodes with you too, Bob. But I know, geez, um, slight diss, jeez. <laughs> but I really I like. We did one with uh, Brad Fry from the band Piss Jeans, who's an old friend of ours. Yeah. Um, and he was talking about the Saves the Day record through being cool. Um, and I just think, you know, if you're a Piss Jeans fan, for example, I would venture to guess that you'd never really know that he was a Saves the Day fan. Um, it's not really something that shines through in like Piss Jeans music. Um, so I just think having people on like that, who like from bands that you wouldn't really think, you know, are fans of certain bands or genres or whatever, 100%. it's super fun. So that's something I definitely want to do in the future. That episode sticks out to me, um, doing the last Bruce Springsteen record with AP Mike from the best show was a <laughs> lot of fun. That was really fun. Um, that dude's knowledge goes so deep on Bruce, like deep Springsteen fan. Yeah. And, and like, people who who don't know of ap mike pete you you said it he was of the best show he i think he's doing other stuff now too but maybe is he still he's still involved in what's going on over there right yeah still with the best show yeah okay cool and um yo 
he's able to highlight his music interests, but like that dude could do a music podcast very easily and just go on because he went deep and he actually had like he worked well with our format of actually breaking down and be like, I like this song, I don't like this song. This song made me think of these songs. That was super fun to do with him. Yeah, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, so those stick out. I think. Let me think. Well, um, I mean, while you're thinking, I'll give mine. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please. I like when we do guests too, because just doing the podcast with just Pete is the worst. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the Brad episode was awesome. Exactly the reasons you said. Um, and uh, you know, we didn't we didn't do this because I always feel weird. Like, if you got a guest on, it can be weird to be like, "Hey, man, you know, like I think the good Piss Jeans records are great, but the bad ones." No, there's no really bad Piss Jeans records, but. I really like the LP they did in 2013, Honeys. Yeah. And um, and I mean, I just, <laughs> they've got some great records, but like that record, it had been a while. I was all in on Shallow. I really liked Hope for Men. And I remember Honeys, King of Jeans, I was like, okay on. But Honeys came out and it was, I was kind of disconnected. So I don't think I heard it for like two years. And I was working um, and somebody had it playing and I'm like, yo, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's Piss Jeans, the last record. And I was like, holy shit. I think I bought it later that week and it was like regular rotation for me. So, um, you know, shout yeah. out to Brad, shout out to Piss Jeans. I think they're a band who maybe is low-key underrated <laughs> in yeah. the current like aggressive music world. For sure. Yeah, I, I I really like I really like the last album they did. Actually, I'm forgetting what it's called. Oh yes, um, that is. Um, but I saw. Why them, love now? Yes. Why love now? Yeah, it's a great record. But um, hot take. I saw yes. them open for Mud Honey on I think the last tour they did in Brooklyn. Okay. Dude, they blew Mud Honey out of the water, and I'm a I'm a fan. You You're know? a fan, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a Mud Honey fan, but and. Uh, it was just a uh, good live band. If you get to see them live, see them live. Oh, super good. Super good. Um, <clears throat> other other one that really stuck out for me was the Feelies record, uh, the episode, because, um, and this is a question, maybe I'll tease it, but that is the record I found myself going back to the most. Okay. And I know it was a record you were familiar with. And I don't yeah. know why that just wasn't something that I heard earlier, really, you know? Um. And I, I fell in love with it. I think it's just an incredible record. It's got a lot of personality. Um, so I've gone back to it. I probably I probably enjoy it more now than I did even when we listened to it for the episode. Yeah. Um, Underappreciated band. I don't know why they don't get more love. You know, I think it's, it's a lot of stuff like that that is what I hope. <laughs> I think as we continue to do this, it'll evolve. And we, we really like doing the mix of stuff. But there's bands like this that fall between genres sometimes like were the feelies like a punk band i mean not really but kind of yeah were they an indie band yeah but like only in the broadest definition of that and like (laughs) you know if this record was a record i missed until we did it and it could have been a record that would have fit in really well like i got uh, the Buzzcock singles going steady. And I made some parallels to that. And the more I listen to the feelies, the more nuances I hear, but I could see similarities in the music. I don't, I wouldn't say the two bands sound alike, but there's some parallels I can make. Yeah. 
I got 100%. into that record at 15. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just am like, oh, this is a record that I could have gotten into when I was very young. It would have fit in with a lot of the punk and like more new wavy stuff that I was into um, along with like hardcore music. But this record I just think is great. And I, I hope, I hope <clears throat> I know that we inspired some people to check it out. Got cool feedback. I hope if anyone hasn't heard that one, they go back and listen to that record and listen to that episode. Yeah, absolutely. Worth checking out. I've actually been listening to that failure record. Um, I went back to that a few times since we did that episode too. I really, really like that okay. one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like, it's obviously long, but um, yes, the tracks on it are, are great. So is that one, is that a grower, not a shower? Has that grown on you more the more you've listened to it? It has. Yeah. There's certain songs I think that I would be a little bit more kind to now that I've listened to it more times. Mm. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's go. So I would say, let's go back to the, Hey, what have we, <clears throat> what records have we revisited uh, most and what maybe we haven't? I will tell you feelies is number one with a bullet. Okay. Um, I have also, and this is kind of the surprise one. You, you guess what record have, have we done that I've gone back to, uh, more than any other that I would have prior. There's um, two, but but I'll, I'll I'll let you guess. So it's not E Town Concrete. It's certainly not E Town Concrete. No. Okay. <laughs> I um, do love that there was a good. There was some good like back and forth on that one. There were some people who were like, "Really?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a fun one to do. It really was. Um. Uh, Yola Tango. No. Uh, that one I actually went to on the other podcast I do, Axe of Grind. We did a, a 90s emo episode that I believe is coming out, came out last week. And so doing that, I actually, there was a moment <clears throat> where I was like, let me see if I can draw parallels. And I could actually draw some parallels from that scene. The the like Promise Ring, Texas is the Reason, Jets to Brazil, right. uh, Jazz June, that kind of stuff scene. I could draw some parallels to Yolo Tango, not a ton direct, but but during that I did revisit. I can hear the heart beating, and uh, still for me, like couple tracks, album as a whole, ah, just okay. Yeah. So it's not that one. I'm going to give you one more guess before I do the reveal. There's two, so you have a better chance of hitting. Okay. Stone Roses. That's one of them. Okay. Um, you probably remember this one because uh, I revisited. <clears throat> I revisited a few times after listening. I really liked the record. It had been a while since it was in any sort of regular rotation for me. Like yeah, um, and uh, so I had revisited a few times, and then <clears throat> I uh, I went on a trip with some friends to South Florida, and uh, you hit me up. What did you hit me up about? I hit you up because you said on the episode, um, the song Don't Stop is yes. your favorite song on the album. And I had numerous friends and also listeners that hit us up and basically were like, yo, is Bob is Bob trolling? Is he doing a bit? Like that can't be that can't be real. <laughs> so I mean, my, myself included. You well, know? so, so. <clears throat> I was like, all right, well, you know, there's a part of me that wanted to be defiant. Like, yeah, fuck you. It definitely is. But I was like, let me be fair. 
I was, uh, it was actually the first day of the trip and my two friends who I did the trip with arrived later. So I was by myself. I was on one of the little electric scooters, which I can't recommend that experience enough. If you're in a city that has them, uh, they don't look that cool, but man, are they cool? Get on and go see the city. So I was like, all right, let me put on the stone roses while I cruise around on this, uh, electric razor scooter that goes about 15 miles per hour. (laughs) Don't stop. It's the best song on the record. (laughs) love it um i think i even broke it down i was like yo i love the vocal cadence on it i think exactly what i said before i think it it crystallizes a lot of the stuff they were working on with some of the other songs and and into this unique way and yo it's a great record but it's i mean yo it's more it's more it's more lazy river than something like I want to be adored, which is like water slide. If that makes any sense. Yeah. But I really like the energy around don't stop. I just think there's a real pulse to it that, that pulled me in hard and I want to be adored. Like, yo, it's super memorable and it's cool. And like, there's other really good songs in this record, but don't stop's the one that, uh, if I'm making someone a song to, to jump into this record with it's probably i want to be adored but if i'm making somebody a a record a tape with what my favorite song on the record it's that i mean fair enough i'm (laughs) i'm 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 glad you're back in this um yeah I'm, i'm all in um the other record i have revisited scissor control wow okay um i was gonna guess nuggets Oh, you know what? Nuggets is good too, though. But but with Nuggets, I came to the same conclusion that we did on the episode, which is tracks. I'm going to take those and mine for other stuff. Yeah. You know, and got a lot of really positive feedback. I want to shout out people who who hit me. There was a couple people I talked to who said that that was an early record for them. And uh, I think it was kind of like the first thing they got into after, you know, music through their parents. And it was like, oh, check this out. And then that led them on some weird paths. So um, imagine getting the nuggets comp at age like nine. Yeah, no, I can't really, but that's, <laughs> that's fun. Um, no, scissor control. <clears throat> great, great driving record. Um, great background record. Great uh, doing chores around the house record. So shout out to that. I actually, um, I haven't gone back to the Hal- Halsey record very much, but I have yeah. gone back to the scissor record. Scissor's overdue for a new album, man. What the fuck? <laughs> I know we're gonna have to do we're gonna have to do a pop and text her and see what she's got going on. She did a song with Doja Cat. That's all I know. Yeah, that song's all right. It's not Doja's best work, but like it's all right. Yeah, um, I, I I heard a Doja Cat the other day that I or Doja Cat song the other day that I really liked, but I don't like most of her stuff. The, the, she has one song. What is? It's like a pretty popular one, and uh, it's not Kiss Me More, which is the the uh, song. What is it? It's on Hot Pink. But that makes sense. It's um, it's not Tia Tamara. What is it? Oh, Rules. Rules, which is one of the big hits. Um, and if you haven't seen the Rules music video, it's great. Um, some really c- great lyrics and lines that I think are just kind of ridiculous so uh, doja cat's one of my favorite pop artists right now which is i'm i'm not listening to it a lot but when i do i, I think she's got personality oozing out of her pores and 
I think that is more important right now in pop music than it's ever been, which is odd because I almost don't even know. <clears throat> Tracks are hard to determine in pop music right now. It's just how much personality is exploding. And that's, I think that's the big attraction right now for pop music. Yeah, true. For me, it's all Lana Del Rey, man. I'm not going to lie. How's her new stuff? It's Doesn't she have something brand new, right? New record is not, it's, I'll give it like a B, B minus. Um, is that a two and a half stars, three stars? I'm going to say three stars, but okay. the good songs on it are fucking great. Um, okay. Listen, listen to the song White Dress. I highly recommend White Dress. It. All right. All right. Um, how about you? What record have <clears throat> you revisited from our X amount of episodes so far? Um, what have I revisited? I mean, the Stone Roses, I'm kind of always listening to. I'm not yes. going to lie. Yes. Um, f- I, I mentioned Failure. Um, yeah, I did, true. I did, I did go back to that one. Um, one thing I guess I wanted to say, I thought that I'd go back to the Smithereens. Because Yo, me there, too. there were tracks on that that I really yeah. liked, and I just didn't. I um, and in fact, I, I found... Um, I think it was three crates of albums around the corner from my house um, on a run. Yeah. yeah. This is like two months ago. And there was, there were, it was a lot of junk, but there was actually some good stuff in there that was in okay condition. Nice. And one of the records was the smithereens, especially for you. Yeah. Which is what we talked about. And I listened to it and I was just kind of nonplussed. I don't know. Like I, I really like maybe three songs on it. I think that one, and, and yo, you know what we're going to do on the In Search of Tracks Spotify playlist. If you haven't seen it, please go check it out. We'll, we'll shoot out links to it from, from our primary social and well as our own, um, which follow <clears throat> TracksPod on Instagram, Twitter, and email us at trackspod at gmail.com. Yeah, um, please. The, the, we'll, let's go back and do a an effort where we go and add a couple tracks from all the New Jersey. It, uh, it came from New Jersey. Yeah. Stuff because yeah, we should do that because I, I honestly like <clears throat> the feelies is an album <clears throat> that I think you can sit and listen to stone roses. Same deal. Um, failure close. No cigar because it's just a little long, but I do listen to it as an album. Um, yeah. There's a few others, but in reality, I think what we've come to on a lot of records, smithereens tracks, yeah. That's it. Like that's not it's not a great sit and put it on and just go because I actually I found that on album listens I would drift out of it pretty yeah. easily at certain points. So I mean, and that's the thing, like like certain records, Yola Tango has tracks for yes. sure. Perfect but that, example. But you can put that on as an album and I don't know, I'm I'm in. You I can know? vibe you, you, on that as a yeah, background. But exactly. Yeah, I'm trying even to if you're here. drifting in and out. Mm-hmm. there's cool. a bunch i think i think all right so this brings us to maybe our final before we get into uh the the questions that were submitted for us were there any records we feel posthumously we were too nice about or you feel you were too nice <clears> about <throat> um and let's do the preamble here when you do a music podcast or when you do anything, it's hard. Like it's hard to live in negative. Um, and you know, there's definitely we've been critical, and we try to be to keep it real. You know, you got to. But also, when we're listening to these records, we're listening for what we like. <laughs> so yeah. sometimes you kind of got to work. You work yourself into a lather, and like okay, okay. And then 
I think often it bores out in how much you go back and revisit stuff. So, yeah. So are there any records you feel that you or we collectively were too nice about? So I'm just going to speak for myself here. Sure. Um, the two that come to mind are, um, the gaslight anthem, which is our first episode. Yep. The 59 sound. I think I was too nice about it for numerous reasons. One of which was, this was our first episode and we were kind of still warming up to the whole thing, you know? For sure. Um, and one of the things, as you mentioned that we talk about is just trying not to be negative about things. Um, trying <laughs> just, just for the, just for the sake of being negative, you know, because that's no fun for anybody really. Um, and the other one is screaming females. Um, that's one that I thought, I, I think it does have like a few tracks for sure. There, there were one or two, one or two tracks on that record, but for sure overall, I don't know. doesn't hit me like that. Uh, and I think I was, I was pretty nice about it on that episode. I, um, <clears throat> I agree with gaslight Anthem. I was probably too nice first episode, but also like, I'll be real. I think it's a well-crafted record. I think oh, it's for sure. really for what they are doing. It's really well done. What they are doing is not something I'm really looking for very often, but right. there's people who love it. And I, I actually get why they love it because I hadn't listened to it in the way we did until, it, until we did it. You know, I really dug in and said, okay, let me, let me be, be open-minded, open-hearted to this. Let me feel it. And like, I came away from it being far less offended than I imagined I was. And, you know, I felt relatively warm about it. I think that reflected in the episode. And I would I would go back to it. And, you know, at some point, I probably would have rolled my eyes if somebody's like, oh, Gaslight Anthem. But at this point, I'm not offended at all. I, I think it's it makes sense. And I think it's totally respectable record. Um, the other one for me is uh, is the Killing Joke record. Yeah. I think it's a good record. I really had to work to find the stuff I liked about it. <laughs> and even <laughs> and you then, were very nice about it. I kind of that's the one I think I lathered myself up the most into. Mm. Where I really there's elements of it I really respect and like. Um and I do like coming out of it when I think about that record there's elements I can stand behind where I, I, I think what they were doing is cool. There's parts of it, but at the end of the day, when I'm going through for tracks, there's few that I really was all in on, you know? Um, sure. I think some of the decisions they made were, were rough. It's like I'm looking through now and I don't even remember what my favorite song was. I think maybe Blood on Your Hands, um, but and I could probably stand behind that. But I don't think there's a record I would really recommend to a bunch of people. So, you know, it's it's kind of live and learn. And uh, I'll cop to that anytime I feel that. That's how it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should put our favorite tracks on these listings. Um, okay. Um, we had a bunch of questions come in. We did. We, uh, as Bob mentioned, you got to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TracksPod. Um, because sometimes we put out questions for you guys or give you the opportunity to ask us questions, which is what we did today. And, uh, we got a lot of good questions. So let's try to fire through a few of these. Let's do it. I think this will be fun. Um, a few questions from our good friend, Dave Ackerman, 
Yes. Um, oh, and if we don't get to your question today, don't worry. We're just trying to get through uh, first grip and then get some emails. So yeah, yeah. So first question: Which is the Vietnam War documentary song? All along the Watchtower, or for what it's worth? Okay, let's do it this way. Uh, I'm going to count to three, and I'm going to go one, two, three, and after I say three, we'll both say our answer. Cool. All right. One, two, three. For, for what, what it's, it's worth. worth. Boom. There it is. It's that's the one. Um, shout out Buffalo Springfield. Um, <laughs> all along the Watchtower is a good choice, but. Um, the weird eerie intro of for what it's worth the like almost chimes i guess like doom, yeah yeah doom. um and the first line something yeah, happened in something here happened i mean you, you, here, you yeah. can you can make the case for both but you make the case for both but i think um there's good movement in both songs for it uh but yeah for me it's for what it's worth okay um i'll i'll do the next one you start us here. What's your current Spotify search history? Um, this is trying to get people to reveal dirty laundry. I ain't got no dirty laundry, so yeah, yeah, All I right. think it is. All let right, let me see. Let me see. Um, let's go. Right. Let's go back and forth. Um, Mastodon, Led Zeppelin for my son for uh, dinner time. He wanted to listen to them. He really likes the song "Immigrant Song." Okay, that's cool. Yeah, Mastodon for me is just, I remember hearing uh, Leviathan years ago, and then yeah. someone brought it to my attention today, and I was like, I don't even remember what that sounds like. I haven't listened to it in a long time. I seem to remember liking Leviathan. I I really liked Remission, and I remember liking Re- Leviathan, and then I it was like a friend invited me to see... Um, them open for Coheed and Cambria in Asbury Park at like oh, the wow. outdoor stage. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of just like a hangout. Like I was more interested in the hangout than I was the show. Sure, sure. And Mastodon was playing these songs. It sounded like video game music. It was like total, <laughs> it was not what I thought they sounded like. So whatever they've been doing for the last like decade is not my thing. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. I also like oddly enough, um, I don't know why. Uh, it's not even true, but um, I was really into the first two High on Fire records, Art of Self-Defense and then Surrounded by Thieves. And then yep. they, they kind of lose me after that. But um, I don't know why. I think just the names and it being kind of like heavy kind of stuff or or metal, but like Macedon's a really different thing than High on Fire. So uh, yeah. but the two, I kind of, for some reason, link them in my head. Okay. Um, next one. Uh, Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. Oh, how do you like that material? I really like his first record that he did, mm-hmm. and then after that, like every record has a few tracks, but it's not very consistent. But mm-hmm. he put out a new song I wanted to hear, and I actually liked it a lot. Uh, it my mine is the Dub and Scrub playlist, which is a bunch of um dub and reggae that i have as a playlist uh let's see prince jammy king tubby uh scientist nice uh, um uh yab you um yeah this is this is another this is this is dinner time from yesterday night actually <laughs> um 
uh, I'll, I'll start the next round. Um, I have this is a two parter. Uh, Bella Lugosi is dead by Bauhaus and nice. Gorilla Biscuits because I have a weird the New York hardcore band Gorilla Biscuits. I have a weird parallel between the Gorilla Biscuits song High Hopes and the that Bauhaus song. It's not oh. it's very subtle, and I'm I'm gonna have to do some research and see if there was actually a uh, an influence there. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Do, you, right, my, do you like Bauhaus at all? I do. I like them a lot. I actually had uh, tickets to see them at Radio City, and it got canceled for COVID. <sighs> Another COVID casualty. Uh, um, had someone hit me in the DMs about Bauhaus and said, oh, man, I, I have to read this. This is pretty crazy. Um, it was sort of hot take, but I, I want to see what you think as a Bauhaus fan. Um, let me find it. Do, 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 do. Oh, where was this? Is it here? Um, they essentially said Bauhaus is the most overrated goth band. And uh, actually not a band people care about or like. Damn. But they oh said they were just they were a one hit wonder. No, man. Okay, that's here it harsh. is. Controversial opinion. The most overrated goth band and the most egregiously one song and one song only act. Wow. Jeez. You disagree strongly? Yeah, I disagree. I mean, I also just think goth, like, as a genre is, it's like, so my wife and I one time tried to figure out what goth music is um, mm-hmm. by, like, listening to all these goth playlists that people made on Spotify, because I was like, what's the connection here? And like the connection is more aesthetic than it is like musical, you mm. know? So in my estimation, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but like, no, Bauhaus have tracks, dude. Listen to the records. Yeah. I'm, I know I'm with it. I, I, I like them a lot. I think, I think it's a, uh, a hot take. We'll say, okay, your turn. And also go see them live. Um, they fucking kill live. Uh, I, I should go see them. Actually, that's a band I'd like to see live. I saw him open for Nine Inch Nails like years and years ago, and it was awesome. Um, Peter Murphy was wearing this big uh, furry coat. It was it was cool. Love um, furry coat. Anyway, um, last one for me is I listened to the Social Network soundtrack. Oh, okay, um, that was a work pick. Um, I listened to a lot of like kind of ambient stuff, like without vocals on it when I work. Good, good call. Um, and that was one, I think, I think I was, I read that like Trent Reznor won a Grammy or something for one of his recent soundtracks. And I was like, I'm going to go back and listen to that social network one. Cause I remembered that being good and it was good. So, God. uh, my last one is, uh, <clears throat> Mi Carido Amor, which is the Spanish version of My Cherie Amor by Stevie Wonder. Okay. Very cool. Got to check it out if you've never heard it. Nice, I will. It's it's a fantastic version of the song. So, okay. um, yeah, I just was in the mood for it and needed to hear it. Okay. Uh, next email in the questions. You got this one? Yeah. Um, what are your top um, like late, late records era? or yeah. late era or reunion records <laughs> from a band? <sighs> okay. Um I got to think about this for a minute. I don't want to stick just in genre to, to my main stuff. Let's see. Um, hmm. We've actually, I mean, 
What are your feelings on that that later um, Stone Roses record? Um, the Second Coming. Yes, it's a mixed okay. bag. Okay, <laughs> it's it it has tracks. It's not great. Okay, um, I will throw this out, and you can use this as a teaser. I think the 2009 Pearl Jam record Backspacer is a good record. Wow, um, yeah, I, I like that one a lot. It actually uh, has a lot more energy than some of the records prior. Um, I think that's pretty good. Let's see. <laughs> I think one of my favorites of all time is when Iron Maiden got Bruce Dickinson back in the band and they did Brave New World. Oh. I like still go back to that record. I love that album. That's a pretty good pick. Okay. Yeah. I mean, hmm, when is what year is that? That's two thousand, right? I think it's two thousand. Yeah. Wow! 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 Um, I'm trying to think of some other really weird ones. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Off the um, top of my head, um, Slow Dive did like one of the best reunion albums of like any of those shoegaze bands. Um, it was like they had like no right to make an album as good as that one was. Yeah. Uh, My Bloody Valentine. Kind of the same genre. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, I, I will throw in... Um, oh, geez. Um, the Hum record from last year, Inlet. Oh, that was great. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. I actually think we should do a Hum record. I think I think we should do You'd Prefer an Astronaut and try to give some, some realities to is it just tracks or is it a whole record? Yeah. Because I'm not sure where I'm going to fall. It's been a long time since I hard listened to that record. Um, and those records are so about vibe, too. You know, it's <laughs> <yeah>. like... <laughs> I think those are whole album listens, really, you know? For sure, um, yeah. I will shout out... I, I had a long conversation about Nirvana, like, two weeks ago, I guess. And uh, I hadn't had a deep conversation about Nirvana in a while. Um, not something I, I dally in very, very often. But it was a cool conversation and there was a Nirvana super fan in the convo, which was great. And uh, <clears throat> we were talking about the like, the like, oh, what, what would the next record have been like? Kind of question. But, um, but really, kind of pivoted, and we started talking about the Unplugged set. Mm. And it had been a while since I listened to the Unplugged set. I was like, yo, this is really good. And it's hard because it's like that's not really like late era Nirvana. Other right. than the fact that you know they were short lived after that, um, but I, I think that's a I think that's a really good record, and it's really different than the rest of the Nirvana catalog. Um, I think it's really stripped down yep. in a cool way. I mean, obviously it's stripped down, but it, that the the argument that was almost made was like, oh, could Nirvana have taken this style of an approach to another record? And I, I thought that was an interesting question. That'd be an interesting move after In Utero. Well, that that's the big talk. Was in utero was like leaning into the like, hey, we're big, we're gonna do this big, bulky, blah album, and um, well, but it was also like noisy and offensive compared it was, to. Well, it was never like mind. I, I think it was the reaction to the success. That's that's right, where the conversation right. goes. Yeah, the, yeah. It was a reaction to the success of Nevermind, right? And that was kind of interesting. Um, I don't know, Gaucho by Steely Dan is a really good later record. <laughs> Um, 100%. I'm a pretty big, um, you know, when it comes to, I, I like almost all the late era Led Zeppelin records. I think that Presence is great. And that's kind of late era. Yeah. Um, 
<sighs> Let's see. Uh, the Lifetime Reunion record. We talked about Hello Bastards. Yeah, um, that's a good one. The Lifetime Reunion record's really good. It's really good. When you revisit it, it's it really holds up. Shout out. I don't I don't revisit it much, but every time I do, I like it a lot. It um, um it pounds. Honestly, like I really loved our lifetime episode because we touched on a lot. And I uh, so we were both very familiar with the low bastards. Yeah. Um but I did the like deep listen. Let me note let me note things on this record. And I think we kind of got into its guts. And one of the big things I noted was that there's a lot of nineties hardcore in Hello Bastard still. There's still a lot of that kind of like we used to be on New Age Records DNA in Hello Bastards. Yep. It's a little less so on Jersey's Best Dancers and by the self-titled reunion record from like 2006 or whatever it is, it's gone. <laughs> you know, they just kind of like really streamlined everything they wanted and just here it is fast, super melodic, kind of charging in a non uh, D beat way kind of thing. <laughs> and, um, but, but still with tons of emotion and melody. So, uh, yeah, good, some good reunion records. Yeah. Last one that came yes. to mind for me is, uh, Swans. Oh, they, uh, they did. I really like all of their reunion records, but they broke up, I think in like 96, 97. Yeah. And then got back together around like 2010, maybe. Um, I think, the first record they did back together was My Father Will Guide Me Up a Rope to the Sky, which I like a lot. But then the record after that is called The Seer. And that record is like, it's like the heaviest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I think that's actually a cool record for us to do on a future app. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Let's uh, next next question. Um, a band you wrote off for no particular reason, checked out later and got totally into. <laughs> I have one that comes immediately to mind because it happened like two days ago. Okay. Um, the band Royal Headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I like never, I, I remember them being, you know, really hyped up. Um, I think I was maybe living in Red Bank. Maybe I had just moved to Brooklyn. I don't remember, but I was not all that interested in like what was happening in the punk hardcore world. I just wasn't really paying all that much attention. Mm-hmm. Not that yep. I didn't like it. I just, it was just not what I was a little into off at the radar. time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I remember them getting all this hype. Um, and I just, I, I think I listened to it, but it just wasn't what I was feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. So I shelved it. And for whatever reason, I think I saw like a friend post about it maybe. And I revisited it. And I listened to it on my drive home. And it was like a beautiful day. And I had the windows down. And I was so into it. It was like I, I was I was so into it, and I've been listening to it a lot actually. So totally yeah. late to the game on that one. And actually, <laughs> that's a good as one. it turns out, they're label mates with a band that I did, so that was funny too. Oh yeah, chill. That's really yeah. cool. Um, I have a ton of funny answers for this. Um, an easy one that I've talked about before is the band Rival Schools, because uh, I was a huge fan of Quicksand, which was the main songwriter Walter's band prior to that. And uh, I was just like, Oh, this isn't quicksand. And you do that with certain bands and artists where you just think like, Oh, whatever. And so I wrote that off. And then years later I was like, oh, I, what the hell's wrong with me? <laughs> I really like this. <laughs> um, more recent example. It actually isn't that far off from your Royal hit headache. Um, one is the band chubby and the gang who did 
Okay. Uh, crazy record last year. It's kind of um, pub rock meets with some hardcore energy to it and just like just just a lot of just energy kind of but i was talking about how certain pop music has is focused on personality these dudes found a way to be tuneful but have energy searing out from all directions um so uh i i've been kind of big up in that chubby and the gang lp i think it it certainly hit it that band is doing an almost two month uk and ireland tour wow yeah this fall which uh i think is just fucking remarkable it's crazy <laughs> i love it yeah so uh for our um british isle listeners coming to a pub near you i i gotta revisit that that's one i i kind of listened to a song or two and didn't pay much attention but i had a similar experience with rival schools i went back probably in the last two years and really liked it in this way that i didn't at the time right right and it's just like you know uh, it's something we encourage on this episode. I think it's a good <laughs> practice for most music listeners. If there was something you wrote off for no particular reason or or heard and we're like, meh, whatever, skip, 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 revisit, <laughs> perhaps at a different time, perhaps in a different mood, and you might just feel differently. Yeah. All right, next question. Yeah. Uh, favorite music-related books? So uh, there's a book called things the grandchildren should know yes. by Mark Oliver Everett, um, who's the singer of the band eels. Okay. Um, I like maybe two or three eels records. Okay. But I love, love, love this book. Like to the point where I've like bought copies of it and given it to friends. Oh, um, wow. Great book. Highly recommended. Um, I don't like that many music books to be really honest. Uh, I'm trying to think, you know, like, music books can be interesting to me. I think that sometimes this is where my sports fan shows. You can give me a basketball book and I read it in two settings. Maybe, maybe not even. I'll just, oh, <laughs> 350 pages about the early 2000s Lakers. Okay. No problem. Done. Yeah. Um, certain punk books or music books, music books in general just lose me and I just don't find the energy. I, I guess like for lack of anything else here, I'll say get in the van by uh, Henry Rollins, which I would certainly not say is actually like <laughs> a book <laughs> I found myself going back to, but there was a moment when I read it where it was like a never ending story feeling where I'm like reading it at age 16 or 17 or whatever. And I felt like I was like in the story. I'm like going along and it, it had that, you know, it's so for people who are not familiar, it's the Henry Rollins kind of personal journal diary, whatever you want to call it um, experience of a few years. I don't know, not, not the entire time in black flag, but several years and you're riding shotgun and you're kind of seeing the wave of emotions and this and that Um, it's hyperbolic. It is, um, the musings of someone who's highly emotional and um, maybe being a bit dramatic. Uh, but it, it, you know, for a moment when I was 17 reading that book, I was like, Oh wow. This is like, this is like being on tour with black flag. Holy shit. You know? <laughs> so, so that's where I, I fell on that. 
Um, yeah, that book's great. I mean, it's like a rite of passage at this point, I feel like. Yeah, yeah. And so there's very few other music books that get me excited, I guess. I, it's even bands I really love. I'm, I'm not particularly motivated to read their books. Yeah, uh, I see. See, I'm a huge autobiography guy. Like, I can read anybody's autobiography. So I feel like I gravitate a lot towards musician books. But then there are always those books, like, you know, where it's kind of just like a, uh, a nonfiction kind of narrative story yeah and those i don't enjoy as much although um alan mcgee who was the founder of creation records did a book i think it was called the creation stories okay that, that i think they're now um making a like a biopic about Weird. um that book's great um the replacements book that came out somewhat recently what was that called i think it was called trouble boys that book was great if you're a replacements fan or if you're not, it's interesting anyway. Yeah. But yeah, cool. Yeah, uh, books. Uh, books. Books. The um, NoFX book was a lot of fun, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I knew someone who went to one of the book signings. That wasn't you, right? It was not me, no. Okay, good, good, good. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, based on an old school episode of yours, I bought the Feelies Crazy Rhythms. What's next? What's I mean, next? I think, I think we got to do the Good Earth, or I think he should listen to the Good Earth, and we should do an episode on the Good Earth. Uh, mark it down. Coming yeah. soon. Let's just go chronological. Let's do it. Um, <clears throat> who are you guys, buddy? Uh, that was our buddy Larry, buddy Dave Murphy's Law says, who are you guys excited to see live again? Oof. What if I told you I don't need to see live music anymore? I've advanced beyond live music. Um, <laughs> uh, let me let me dig for it. Uh, please throw out some ideas and, and suggest some stuff for me, Pete. So I actually had tickets to see a lot of shows, so I'm just going to go with those. Yes. Um, I was supposed to see Bauhaus. I was supposed to see Napalm Death. Um, I was very excited for both of them. I was supposed to see Supergrass. Oh, okay. um, with my wife, yeah, yeah. Um, which I was excited about. She was much more excited than me, but I'm still excited for it. Um, Jarvis Cocker. Um, oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, we. I mean, my wife and I actually met as a result of Jarvis Cocker, kind of. So uh, that's like a special one for us. We were oh, excited for that cool. one. Yeah. Um, what else? I mean, for me, like I always go the the two bands that I've probably seen more than any bands in this world are mm. uh, the Melvins and Guided by Voices. Yep. And I know that had the pandemic not happened, I would have seen them both like three times over the past year and a half. So um, both of those bands. Yeah. Um, hmm. I'd like to see Bauhaus. That's pretty cool. Um you know, it's interesting. You you brought the um, the Gallagher record, not not Gallagher with the watermelons. Uh, yeah, yeah. Who's is it? Liam, right? Liam. No, no. I, I brought up Noel. Yeah, Noel, right. Um, I'd like you know, like I don't want to be old, and those dudes are getting old, but those dudes are going to be really old, and they should have done an Oasis reunion. I'd like to see Oasis. Did you did you go see Oasis when they were around? I did. I saw him. Um, I was going to say, I thought you probably saw him a couple times. I only saw him once. I wish I saw more, but it, it was the Don't Believe the Truth tour, which I mm-hmm. think was like 2005, yep. maybe 2004. Okay. How was um, it? I mean, huge fan. They were great. Yeah. They were great. Yeah. I mean, I'd like to see them. I'm kind of in the spot right now where there's like, 
can I say I'm kind of like in this weird still post Tom Petty morning shock where I'm like, yeah. I literally thought I was going to be able to go see Tom Petty at some point in my life for a long time. Yep. Uh, one of the dudes whose music I got into really early and like never, never was like, Oh fuck that. Like he's not that kind of artist, you know, like I don't think there's ever a time where I was like, Oh, I'm embarrassed that I like Tom Petty. His shit's great. <laughs> um, but he died, and I was like, fuck. I could have seen him, I, I don't know, a, deal, a billion different times, and I never did. And like, I'm bummed. Like, there was times I could have seen him at like Hollywood Bowl or like these really kind of epic spots that would have been incredible to see a Tom Petty concert. So yep. I'm still kind of grieving that. By the way, his, his, his cause of death is accidental drug overdose. That's a bummer. Fuck, man. Yeah. No, no, I mean him. No, I think it was smart. him and Prince. Yeah, same deal. Damn, man, that's such a bummer. Um, no, I'm on that tip completely. Like, there's all these weird shows being announced. Like, the monkeys are playing. It's like two of them. I'm like, fucking, I'll go to that. Who cares? Like, <laughs> you're not gonna have another chance. You know? Yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I'm. Uh, I'd like to see some stuff that I haven't seen. That's been long time on my bucket list. I. Uh, I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think live music, um, I like it, but uh, I'm at a, a interesting point in life where I really just want to knock some off that are are more big things than than have to be at shows every week. So right, yeah. Okay. Um, good question. Next question. Um, I, I think I know this person. I don't know. Um, how do you typically pick the albums? It's wildly varied, which is awesome. How do we typically how do you typically pick the albums? How do we typically pick the albums, Pete? So there's kind of different levels to this to answer this question. I mean, <laughs> our uh, our the first iteration of the podcast was called "It Came from New Jersey," so it was really just about picking albums from New Jersey that maybe we hadn't heard before. I think we we kind of focused mostly on albums that we kind of mutually were not as familiar as we felt that we should have been, um, and that was kind of the gauge for it. But with "In Search of Tracks," I think. Um, we haven't quite quite cracked the code yet. I, I, no. We've we've gone back and forth. Um, you know where I've picked one and Bob has picked one. Yep. Uh, a few of them I put up on Instagram as kind of a vote. Yep. Um, and ultimately, yeah, ultimately that's kind of where I want to be. I I want it to be where I want it to be based more on what um, anyone listening to the podcast wants us to talk about and just kind of have it be this democratic thing. Yeah, we, uh, we we roll the ball out and you guys uh, kick it in a direction. Yeah, like I think it's actually maybe for next week's episode we'll do like best reunion album and I'll put a few on Instagram and people can pick uh, that's from That's a great it. idea actually. Yeah, let's yeah. let's do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it's been, especially, you know, like you said it, we, we had a few that were, hey, I love this record. Oh, I don't know it. Oh, we should do that. Oh, neither of us know this. Let's do that. Um, and that's been kind of a fun exercise, which is, Sort of, sort of part of the whole thing, you know. So um, it's cool. I'm with it. Thank you for the nice compliment about it being varied. That's that's also one of the exercises was doing records that weren't just like in our lane, so to right. say. And um, all that being said, if there's something you just want us to talk about, like hit us up because we probably will. Yeah, we're we're down. 
yeah, yeah. let's do it. Um, <clears throat> any thoughts on reviewing a Weird Al record? <laughs> I mean, I'm not dying to do that, but I, I will. Um, uh, next April, April 1st. Yeah, I did see him on the Bad Hair Day tour, and uh, I had a lot of fun. That's pretty awesome. I feel like that's a fun tour. Could Would a Weird Al show in 2021 be fun? I feel like he's maybe not there anymore. No, I think I think it would be fun. I just I think there would be you'd have to wait for the hits. I think when when I saw him like I knew all the parodies and all the hits. I think now he has 20 years of songs I don't even know about. His songs, right? Yeah. Well, his songs, but also even par- oh, like new like parodies, he's, right? He's even parodying songs that I probably wouldn't even like think are that funny or get, yeah, you know. With the, the weird Al Dua Lipa parody, I'm not, just, yeah, exactly. not sure what it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to find current pictures. He is 61 years old. If you want to see Weird Al, I think you have like a five-year window right now. Like, I think he will. I think he's had some work done. I'm trying to find current pictures of him. Uh, let's see. I'm doing Weird Al 2019. I know because- he recently released like a vinyl box set that was in the shape of a. Uh, uh, what's that fucking thing? The uh, accordion. <laughs> Accordion, thank you. Yes, yeah. good, good, good. Both of our brains died for a second there. Yeah. Um, it's in the shape of an accordion. Okay, cool. Uh, he still looks like Weird Al, <laughs> and and I think that's key. If he if his hair goes gray or he goes silver fox on us, I think we're screwed. He still looks like Weird Al, so he can still do the damn thing. But I think we got five years before shit yeah. gets weird. Yeah, I mean, I guess to gauge my interest, I. I I found a copy of I think it was like Weird Al in 3D um, on vinyl for a dollar the other day in the dollar bin and Ooh. I thought about it for about five seconds and passed over it so I don't know uh, yeah <laughs> um, this will be a good challenge one we can do this when we do a challenge episode where we find several records that would be hard for us to do Weird Al will be on the list like we a, gotta I know I know a Weird Al super fan and we can have them on and challenge us okay i'm with it okay um (laughs) does joe cocker out track the beatles on their own tracks that's from mike uh mike thank you great question what do you think uh with a little with a little help from my friends yes 100 um come together no no and then i don't know any others let's say let me see where he's at um no, but he he hits it on some songs. You are so beautiful. Uh, I'm weeping a little bit. Up where we belong, I'm like triumphantly running to a finish line. Hmm. I'm trying to think if there's any other like Joe Cocker Beatles stuff. Okay, let's 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 do the research here. Fine, I'll do it. Um, I have the uh, with a little help from my friends, twelve inch by Joe Cocker. Well, by Joe Cocker. Um, Joe Cocker, Beatles. I'll cry instead. I'll cry Did instead. You yeah, yeah, I see that. Eh. Um, yeah, I don't know. Paul called Cocker's rendition. Yo, here's the thing. To Paul McCartney, it was more than just a great cover. Paul called Cocker's rendition mind-blowing. Yeah, so yes. So we're saying Joe Cocker nailed it with, with a little help from my friends. Um, Let's see. So I'm trying to find out if there are more that we're just not familiar with. What do you think of that version? You like it? Oh, it's great. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like a, it's it's a top tier 60s rock song. Like yeah. 100%. Absolutely. Um yeah, I think that's where we're at. So I remember the come together video being fun. I don't like the song though. 
Yeah, or at I least I mean his rendition of the song. I like the Beatles version. She came in through the bathroom window. He covers interesting, and he's done. That's a weird one. Yeah, you've got to hide your love away. Oh, I'd like to hear that. I don't know if I know that one. You've got to hide I don't your either. love away, and I'll cry instead because I like that you've got to. I mean, you've got to hide your love away is a very high on my Beatles list. Um, he did maybe I'm amazed. Paul McCartney cover. I really like Paul McCartney's version of that, so I'd be surprised. Joe Cocker might be able to pull it off. Hmm. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll do some more work on that, but yes, a uh, little help from my friends. Joe Cocker out, out-tracked the Beatles. Yeah. Uh, this is a weird one. You want to read it? Favorite album from 1972. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, let's do this. Best records in 1972. I'm going to read so, you. No, hold up. Without you looking. Without can, looking? Can, oh. Can you? No, no, no. We'll, we'll look. But, but like, do you even know an album that can, like, uh, yeah, I mean, accurately? I think um, without looking, 72. <laughs> so things that come to mind. I mean, Sabbath, I know, did something. Sabbath, it's probably, it might be volume four. I think you're right because I, I think the four. first I think the first was in seventy and they or did like eight. I think the first is yeah. sixty eight or so. It's like surprisingly early. Yeah. Um. I think it might it's it might be Led Zeppelin three. <sighs> yeah. It's I, I would say it's four or Houses it's, of the Holy. Really? Oh, you might be right. I think Houses of the Holy might be like seventy four. It might be four. Shit. So Led Zeppelin four is pretty high for me. Yeah. Um, there might Neil be Young Neil did Young. something. Neil Young did something. Is it Bowie did something? Bowie did like, something. All everybody, right. everybody did something. Yeah, seventy two is a good point. year. All right, let's pull it up. Um, <clears throat> Twenty best rock albums of seventy two, and there's actually going to be some weird ones. Um, Almond Brothers Band, Eat a Peach. Oh, I like that record a lot. Jeff Beck Group, self titled Black Sabbath, Volume Four. Good. I okay. guess that right. Four. Yep. Budgie Squawk. Wow. Not familiar. Good record. Yeah. Uh, oh, man, maybe my favorite, not my favorite, but uh, uh, I love Rise and Fall of Ziggy Stardust and Spiders from Mars. That's the, I mean, the yeah, record. Great. great record. <sighs> Deep Purple Machine Head, fucking great. Steely Dan, Can't Buy a Thrill. Oh, great one. <laughs> um, Genesis, Foxtrot, Emerson, Emerson wow. Lake and Palmer Trilogy. Heavy, man. Uh, Jethro Tull, Thick as a Brick. Not a big Thick as a Brick fan. Ooh, Mod the Hoople, All the Young Dudes. Great record. Lou Reed, Transformer. Mm-hmm. Yes, Ro- Close to the Edge. Rolling Stones, Exile on Main Street. Oh, Todd Rundgren, Something Anything. Low-key record I love. Wow. Um, a little long, but I really love that record. St- yeah, fuck, that Steely Dan record. Neil Young- T-Rex, <sighs> The Slider. Mm-hmm. Neil Young, Harvest. Okay, <laughs> Harvest, yeah. There's All some right. weird shit. Like, dude, the first Noi album, uh, Can, Eggie Basiami. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's other. I mean, yo. So okay, seventy two. Nick Drake, Pink Moon. Yeah, there's a lot of really big records this Alice year. Alice Cooper, Schools Blue Out. Oyster Cult, self titled. Damn. Hawkwind, uh, mm-hmm. Do Re Mi Fa How was released? Let me look here. All right. This is a fun year. This is a hard question. And a uh, Paul Simon, self titled. Um, wow. All right. So Mike Graylord, who's the kid that asks us this question, what? The fuck is your favorite album from 1972? Yo, yeah, there's, I want to hear your favorite options. record. Um, <clears throat> I'm looking through this. This is a fucking great question. Jackson Brown, self-titled. That's a good one. Really Al good. Green. Mm-hmm. Oh. Uh, Curtis Mayfield, Superfly. 
yo, Harvest and something, anything came out on the same day. Eat a Peach comes out like a week later. What the fuck? Uh, Pink Moon, Nick Drake. Fuck. 1972 is a banging year. Jesus. Towns Van Zant put out like two albums, apparently. <laughs> uh huh. Guess who record rocking? <laughs> um, wow. Stevie Wonder, Music of My Mind. Damn. Oh, wow. All right, this Big is a star. Big star number one record came out in 72. I would have guessed that was not that early. Yo, that's the funny thing is that so much of what I think is canonical, like 70s rock, comes really early in the decade. Yeah. Like it's really in that 70 to um, like maybe, no, by 74, 75, it's toast. Like that's that's when it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Uriah Heap, Demons and Wizards. Mm. Let's see. This is a wild list. I'm trying to see if there's anything else that's really missing. Is that the first Randy Newman record, Sail Away? I don't think it is. The Eagle, self-titled. <laughs> um, John Lennon and Yoko Ono sometime in New York. This that's is, one I hope, that I hope I... people are like, we're geeking because this Alice Cooper schools out. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the T Rex record. All right. Uh, have we yeah, done we enough? We covered a lot of them. Yeah, we covered yeah. it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Superfly by Curtis Mayfield. Good yeah. soundtrack. How did that come out so early? All right. All right. All right. I'm, I'm done. Next question. Next question. So, next question. Would you ever try to do an episode of your own band or your own releases? Um, or would it be too hard? Um, I wasn't any bands, but like records I've put out or been involved with, I could do it. Um, I'm not, I'm not weird about that. Yeah. It's been long enough. It was something I put out like last month or within the last few years, but I haven't put out records in a long time. So I'd be happy to do that. Uh, how do you feel? Um, I wouldn't say it's something I'm particularly interested in. I just feel like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it just feels like navel gazy, but, um, yeah, that's true. <laughs> and just kind of like, uh, I don't know, like who wants to hear me talk about my own music? But that's a different kind of um, kind of podcast. We can do that, but it'll be kind of yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I I'm open to it, but I just like I feel like it's more interesting to talk about. That's other when music. we start a Patreon. Yeah. Um. All right. Those are. Let's cut from there because we're we're about about an hour and change in. Why don't we? Uh, dive on at least let's do two emails because we have okay. a bunch but let's let's get into a couple i uh we have a uh, our good buddy dave sent us some incredible emails the other dave um so you pick you go from there so i want to by the way wanna, house of the holy is 73 and four is 71 that's crazy oh wow yeah. okay and then so 73 Oh, so they took a year off. Interesting. I feel like the, I, th- I thought they were putting a record out like every year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, no, they, they were. I mean, up till then they were. <laughs> so right, right, right. It's like 68, 68, 69. You know, it's like crazy. Yeah. Um, so Dave writes us great emails and there's so much here, but I, I I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to focus on the negative. Um, <laughs> Okay, give us a negative. He actually has lots of good feedback and like, like insights. great feedback. Yeah, Dave yeah. is going to be a guest at some point, hopefully very soon. I hope he will join us. So one hundred percent. In fact, his email on the Nuggets 
um, episode is worth its own episode that we should okay. have him on for. Let's um, do it. But I'm going to read for the purposes of time. I'm going to read um, his review on killing joke and failure. Let's hear um, it. So on killing joke, and I'm 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 kind of selectively picking a few pieces here. He said, I've never owned any Killing Joke records past the first two LPs, and even those were purged in my ongoing battle for space. From what I remember of their mid-80s LPs, this record is certainly an improvement, and I'm happy to have heard it, but realistically, I doubt I will revisit it. I was slightly surprised that you didn't mention their previous brush with famous fans when Metallica covered The Weight on the Garage Days re-revisited EP. I would imagine that was how people my age or slightly younger than me originally heard of killing joke. So yeah, that's actually something that a few people brought to our attention yep. that, I mean, it, I think it shows that neither of us are like diehard Metallica fans. Probably. <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> no. Um, yo, actually what's your, where are you? I, we've never talked about Metallica. I mean, I like, I like the first couple records. I even like injustice for all. Um, yeah even though the the mix is really totally whack yeah, yeah but yes. like uh I, I i revisited the black album somewhat recently like in the last two years and like aside like the hits are the hits and i know them they're because they're radio songs essentially i think there are but but i i didn't like the record i like i like black album um but but like there's a lot to argue on there. There's the songs I like on. I mean, I like the radio hits in a weird way, like unlike how I like kill them all and ride. The yeah. Lightning. Like, yeah. Um, it's like, I, I like enter Sandman and I like unforgiven and, but, but I, it's different. And like for people who are more classical, I'm like, Oh, holier than Thou is a cool song. But, um, right. Yeah. After that, it's a full on, like different experience. I, uh, I can have a conversation about Metallica load. That's really funny because I, 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 I used it as a scapegoat, like my fake Metallica favorite album for a long time. Cause it's like, <laughs> if you want to get somebody to be bummed, tell them that, uh, so bummed. tell them load is your favorite Metallica record. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything post black album, I'm really out on, but you know, like ride the lightning's great. Kill them all is awesome. Yeah. I like, um, the, I like all the classics just as much as anyone else, you know? Yeah. Um, I will say, um, I saw them, I don't know, 2008, maybe. Uh-huh. Um, it was that big four tour. Yep. Yep. With, uh, not Metallica. the original big four tour. <laughs> yeah. No, no, not that one. The, the, the most recent one. And, uh, I kind of stuck around for Metallica just cause you have to stick around for Metallica. Sure. And I was, I was blown away at how good they were. Like it, it doesn't matter that they haven't written a good song for, 20 30 years or whatever like they they fucking they killed right okay um good for them man yeah so all right just to finish this email yes um he says in some respects i was surprised to see that the record was only 50 plus minutes as it was so solidly in the cd era and i would imagine that there would have been pushback from the label if they had tried to turn in an album under 40 minutes everyone should probably be happy that there wasn't 20 more minutes on it. So yeah, good, good, good point. point. Yeah. Um, um, wow. And then I think the last thing here, the first thing that comes to mind when I see the record, it looks like an insane clown posse record, a bit bummed. You didn't make that connection on the podcast. It 100% is ugly. And, <laughs> and like the cover art bums me out. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not great. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great. It's it's <sighs> insane clown posse adjacent is a good answer. Yes, it's not it's not where I want to be. Yeah. <laughs> um and then this is my favorite email I think we've gotten so far on the failure episode. He just wrote absolute torture. Haven't listened to the episode, but I had never heard that record before. Title of the email says it all. I hated every moment. Oh, God. So Dave teases us because <laughs> now I want to know way more about his thoughts. Right. And who knows? Maybe maybe he fell into it. And now he's uh, he's it's a grower and it's it's grown on him. We'll see. I I strongly doubt it. But uh, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> wild wild things happen sometimes. So, um, no, Dave, thank you for the emails. It's great. Yeah, it's and then great. I'll read a, a quick one from Dan, another email that we got. Awesome. Um, he, he wrote us on two separate things on failure and then on the nuggets compilation. So on failure, he wrote Ken Andrews has a very good YouTube channel where he goes into detail about the production he's done on a bunch of his work. Um, he says, I had a friend who was really into failure and tried to copy the intro to stuck on you. Mm. Um, the guitar sound, it turns out was just him playing the main riff on a sampled piano through his guitar rig. Oh, wow. <laughs> so yeah. In- interesting guitar tech shit there. That's really cool. Actually. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Cause it's a weird kind of eerie noise that stuck on you the intro do 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 yeah it, definitely it, not something is the riff so yeah cool all right and then on nuggets i thought this was a good point he said um the the band the count five mm-hmm. they did the song psychotic reaction um he said i was surprised how quickly you skipped over them um although he said i, I was surprised at how quickly you skipped over them I've always heard that psychotic reaction was a proto mosh part, which when you listen to that song back, it totally could be a proto mosh part because it kind of goes from, you know, this kind of moshy thing to like a drum solo kind of part. And then it speeds up a little bit. It's pretty cool. It it like it, it feels like a punk song, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, But I, I didn't piece that together when I was listening to it, really. Uh, I wanted to hit up that um, that's a good point. Actually, I, I could, I could see that um, buddy Jeff hit me up and said um, the vagrants who are on the nuggets comp, they're okay, but they went on to form a way mightier band. Do you know what band they formed? Uh, as soon as you say the answer, I'm going to be bummed. You are mountain. Oh wow! Right, I was like, I was literally, I was like, oh shit! So uh, shout out, cool little nugget, literal nugget there. Yeah, that's awesome. So yo, shout out to everybody. Um, that was really cool. Uh, we we have more feedback. Um, we don't do mailbag episodes too often. Uh, we kind of like to keep the content rolling, but it's nice to pause, decompress every once in a while. So we'll probably do another one soon enough. Um, if you like it, please let us know. Uh, as Pete alluded to, one of the things we're always looking back for is feedback and kind of that interaction. Um, if you like the podcast, please share, tell a friend. It's cool. Um, and even more so, hit us up. Tell us some records you want to hear us talk about. Yeah. And any reviews that you can leave on uh, iTunes is incredibly helpful. So thanks for all the support. Five so stars. Far. Five stars. Um, yeah, only five stars. <laughs> yeah, please. Um, <laughs> so for next week, what are we doing? So next week, I'm going to 
this is you're going to be hearing this after it already happened, but That's I'm going to put I'm going to put this on Instagram um a few of the reunion records that we talked about and see which one you guys vote for and then we'll do that. I don't know I don't know, Bob. I think we should also talk about the feelies again maybe one of these weeks. Yeah, let's up. let's let's plan that one. We we kind of got really good feedback. I think this will be a good tie back to that last one. Let's do uh you said it's Good Earth. Good Earth. Let's yeah. do it. That's cool. that's in the plans, and we have a few more in the cooker. So uh, thanks, everybody, for joining us. Talk soon.